Ah, what up fuckers? It's Andy from the 1UP pod. You just caught me roundhouse kicking a street punk through the window of a small business. I'll just step over him there. Hopefully he doesn't... No, okay, no, he's definitely dead. Anyway, a while back I did an episode comparing the Callisto Protocol with the Dead Space remake, and I had a great time. Until a space monster killed me. R.I.P. But I used up one of my extra lives, and I'm back! Ready to turn this concept into a brand new series for the 1UP pod. So welcome to the first episode of 1UP pod's video game deathmatch. But unofficially, it's the second one between you and me. This is the show where I pit two games against each other in Mortal Kombat with a C and find out which one comes out the winner. With that fighting spirit in mind, I decided to go with beat-em-ups for this first episode that's really the second. I'm a big fan of side-scrolling beat-em-ups, from the late 80s classics like River City Ransom, Double Dragon, through the genre's early 90s reign of arcade dominance, with license-focused titles like The Simpsons and Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, it was a golden era for beating up people who wear a lot of denim. Many an hour and a lot of my parents' disposable income was spent on these games. It was probably pound for pound, quite literally speaking, my favourite genre as a kid. While the genre lost some of its spark as we left the golden era, there were still some gems to be found, such as the open-world spins on the genre like Rockstar's The Warriors, Ubisoft's throwback classic Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, or the clever Soulsborne hybrid beat-em-up Sifu. But we're here today to talk about modern spins on two golden era classics, the modern-day revival slash reboots of Streets of Rage and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Streets of Rage 4 was developed by Dot Emu, Guard Crush and Lizard Cube, and published by Dot Emu in 2020 after gaining the dormant license from Sega. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge dropped in 2022, developed by Tribute Games and published, once again, by Dot Emu, as a spiritual sequel to Konami's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the Turtles in Time arcade games. Both sought to revive the beat-em-up by giving old classics a fresh lick of paint. But which one does it better? Let's find out, shall we? Hold on, that dude's friends just showed up armed with baseball bats and switchblades. Okay, with that taken care of, join me for an- Ooh, nice, one of them dropped a full pizza. <sighs> That's better. So join me for 1UP Pod's video game deathmatch, Streets of Rage 4 vs Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. That's a really long title. We will be splitting this episode into rounds again, focusing on these five categories. Presentation, playable characters, enemies, gameplay, and finally, nostalgia versus reinvention. I'll explain that last one when we get to it, but the general gist of it is, I couldn't think of a better name. Full disclosure, I will be playing Streets of Rage 4 with the Mr. X's Nightmare DLC added, because this is an instance where the DLC felt more like cut content rather than necessarily extra content. This makes Streets of Rage 4 feel like a more complete game and helps even up the playing field for both games. 
Round 1. Presentation. Presentation is going to cover a range of things. The art style, the graphics, the soundtrack, sound assets, cutscenes. Streets of Rage 4 has a distinctive visual style. The designs remain true to the originals, but feel modern and cool. They opted to forego the pixel art associated with the classic games, replacing them with a more hand-drawn comic book vibe. Artist Ben Fakay's style reminded me somewhat of comic book artist Joe Madureira. He worked on Uncanny X-Men in the mid to late 90s. He created the comic book series Battle Chasers in the late 90s, before moving into the video game industry to create the Darksiders games. That US anime hybrid style takes me back to the comics of the mid to late 90s, and that feels like an apt next step for the series to take, after being entrenched in the late 80s early 90s aesthetics with the original trilogy. It manages to remain retro in its feel, but still come across fresh and new. The animations aren't strictly smooth, but they're not really stiff either. There's a tension between being rigid and fluid here that really fits this comic book presentation. The locations are gorgeously depicted as pre-rendered backgrounds and have a gritty, painterly texture that makes them work really well with these animated sprites. All the destructible scenery has a really nice tactile feel to it as well. Everything fits together on the screen. The soundtrack, likewise, is an updated spin on the classic themes of old. Olivier de Rivier, which I'm saying that ten times twice, provides some really nice snappy themes. They're crackling with energy and they cover a range of genre styles. He incorporates ideas from a broad selection of influences, such as Dr. Dre, Skrillex and Aphex Twin, among others. Guest composers assist de Rivier on the boss battle themes, including names such as Yuzo Koshiro and Motohiro Kawashima, who worked on the previous Streets of Rage games. Street Fighter 2's Yoko Shimomura, Final Fight's Harumi Fujita, and Hotline Miami's Scattle. It has a really fun, organic feeling build throughout the soundtrack. It starts with these low beats, hip-hop for example, and once you reach a part of the stage where the action amps up, it shifts into a more high-tempo sound, like dubstep. During scene changes within a level, the sound drops down again, maybe to some funky jazz, before ramping into some sort of electro-hard-rock hybrid. There's a lot of style and ingenuity at play in this soundtrack. It's really cleverly constructed, and the mix of styles work really well in bridging the gap between the Mega Drive classics and this new era. The original Streets of Rage games had some of the best gaming soundtracks on the planet, and this feels 100% worthy of that legacy. The story beats are handled via a fully animated intro that is just dynamic as hell, and the cutscenes are depicted in a gorgeous static comic art style. There is a strong artistic vision at play here. It wasn't going for a retro aesthetic, it was doing something more distinct. The whole game does a great job of capturing that gritty 1980s pulp vibe that the original games basked in. Shredder's Revenge takes a much more traditional approach. The graphics are classic pixels, beautifully vibrant in their use of colour, the designs all feel like a true throwback to the golden era, and the animations are just absolutely gorgeous. Possibly the best I've ever seen in a beat-em-up. Slick and fluid and full of personality, a lot of the game's humour stems from the fun ways they animate these characters. It's an incredibly expressive game. The music is peppy and suitably retro feeling. There's a through line here that feels like an early 90s arcade soundboard going hell for leather, but composer Ted Lopez has laid in all this extra orchestration that really jazz things up. It's an incredibly lively, catchy soundtrack. It's not as experimental or eclectic as Streets of Rage 4, but it's consistent in its style and it's consistently entertaining. And the intro is an excellent reimagining of the classic titles from the original animated series, with Faith No More's Mike Patton singing the iconic theme. I got a real kick out of that. 
The story scenes are handled as brisk, semi-animated, single-screen cutscenes. It's a true throwback to the Konami style of storytelling, just a dynamic screenshot with some dramatic music and maybe a bit of looping animation. Something to set up the next story development and justify the next stretch of action. It makes sure the player doesn't miss anything important before they press a button to continue and, more crucially, reduces the amount of times they need to press that button. Every inch of this game feels like it would blast from the cabinet of an arcade game in the 1990s. It's just not perfect. But it's not as exciting in the way Streets of Rage 4 is. So for bringing a fresh makeover to classic ideas, this round is going to Streets of Rage 4. Fuck's this? <coughs> round 2. Playable characters. For fairly understandable reasons, I've been locked up in a local jail. But it's okay, an impromptu riot is about to start and I will fight my way through it. See? The Streets of Rage 4 has a... Hold on, I need to punch the fuse box for the siren. That's better. Streets of Rage 4 has a nice selection of classic characters and new characters. You've got Axel and Blaze from the first three Streets of Rage games. These are your all-rounders. The new characters Cherry and Floyd, they favour speed and strength respectively. Cherry and Floyd both have ties to characters from the classic series as well. The DLC brings back Max Funder from Streets of Rage 2 and Shiva, a boss from Streets of Rage 2 and 3 who was unlockable in the third game. It also adds a new character called Estelle who is actually a boss in the main game and is sure to be popular with anyone who has a fetish for being thrown around by a big muscle mommy. So that's most of us. In case you're wondering, if you face the Estelle boss as Estelle, then the boss appears as a hologram. They don't even try to address it and I respect that. There is an additional returning character from the classic games who is unlocked by progressing through the story, but I'll keep his identity a secret for any fans who haven't picked up the game yet. Hold on. So, Streets of Rage 4 has a fantastic roster, a mix of old and new, with the new additions making sense for the story and more than justifying their place next to the OG icons. Each character feels like their own character in terms of the visual design and how they play. They move in ways that feel unique to them, they punch differently, jump differently, throw differently, even take hits differently. They express character through movement. Their moveset might be rooted in a shared template of inputs, so there's no unique combos you can execute here, but the outcomes of those shared inputs always differ between the characters, and that goes a long way to making the roster feel distinct. Shredder's Revenge offers the classic four Ninja Turtles who were playable in the original arcade titles, Leonardo, Donatello, Raphael and Michelangelo, along with additional characters new to this game, Master Splinter, April O'Neil and the weird sports enthusiast Casey Jones. Casey Jones is only available to play once you beat the game for the first time. It's hard to get around the fact that four out of the seven characters in this game are essentially the same visual design. I know that's kind of the point, and they have their own unique visual signifiers, but it's still four green dudes in bandanas when you break it down. I love them all, and I will always love them as characters more than anyone in the Streets of Rage canon, but that's not great variety in terms of character design for a game. Streets of Rage has variety on its side. The playable characters in Shredder's Revenge all come with key stats that alter their playstyle somewhat, there's the ranged attack, which favours characters with longer weapons, like Donatello and Casey Jones. There's speed, 
which improves the number of strikes a player can throw in succession. This is Michelangelo and April O'Neil. And finally Power, which adjusts how hard they hit people. This covers Raphael and Master Splinter. This leaves Leonardo as the all-rounder, which makes sense for his character because he's dependable but doesn't do anything particularly exciting. Sorry to anyone who likes him the most, but you do know that standing Leonardo is like saying porridge is your favourite food. The different skill sets mean the characters play differently, but their move sets are somewhat similar. There's no dramatically different ways the characters move, attack or throw, save for a few unique animations here or there. This costs them some uniqueness points when compared to Streets of Rage 4. The characters in Rage move around the screen differently, they have throws and attacks unique to their specialties. That on top of their unique designs make them all stand out more. I can't let my massive affection for the Ninja Turtles get in the way here. I need to be somewhat objective about this. So for the range of unique character designs paired with a strong mix of playstyles, this round once again goes to Streets of Rage 4. I'll be with you shortly for round 3, the prison warden just walked in. Oh, he's just torn his shirt off and he's alarmingly jacked. Alright, let's do this. See you in the next round guys. Round 3. Enemies. Streets of Rage 4 has a great selection of street punks, including redesigns of classic bad guys and some fun new ones, including this guy that keeps his hands tucked in his pockets all the time. This makes for an intimidating visual when he launches into a flying kick. There's also a range of crooked cops, as if there's any other kind, and these guys come in various uniforms and weapon types. Streets of Rage 4 has a great range of visual designs, but not a lot of range in terms of combat. There are some subtle differences, such as which style of hit they favour, such as a kick or a punch, or what weapons they tend to be seen carrying, but fundamentally it's still a selection of strikes and weapons that the player can also use. There are a few noteworthy outliers like the Riot Cops, Kubo, the Cyborg, or Big Ben, who breathes fire. A fun detail is that the street punks and the cops will actually fight each other if they meet during a stage. The bosses are pretty basic in their strategies. They come with unique powers that they can activate, but their attacks are very alike. They're guaranteed to activate their super after about the halfway mark, and there are a few key attacks of yours that can break through their defences, especially if you're playing as Estelle. She can honestly cheese most of these bosses if you time your special right, but there's some fun variety in the stages you fight them in. For instance, one boss is situated in the yard of a biker bar and you're fighting surrounded by parked motorbikes. Every time you knock over a bike, an angry biker chick steps out of the bar to join the fight. At times, Shredder's Revenge feels like it may be more limited in its design, given that many of the bad guys you'll be fighting are just different coloured foot soldiers, but it's deceptively varied. There are 13 standard enemies to fight, but within that there are 16 uniquely colour-coded foot soldiers, with each colour signifying an attack type, such as projectiles, ranged weapons, whip attacks that can ensnare your character. The foot soldiers are frequently seen interacting with the levels in unique ways, manning food carts in the mall, answering phones in an office and so on. They're just a lot of fun. There are also several variations of mouser robots, there's the Roadkill Rodneys, the little unicycle robot cunts that can trap you, and there are many level specific enemies that only appear at key points in the game, such as rats or stone warriors. There are a handful of sub-bosses and an absolutely stacked roster of main bosses, 16 in total. Some appearing twice, and some will even tag team you. These bosses all feel different to fight, they have their own abilities that create challenges entirely unique to them. They come in all shapes and sizes, with some real deep cuts from the Turtles fandom thrown in there. It's very clear when Groundchuck and Dirtbag show up as featured bosses, that the developers are some proper nerds, and I respect that. 
While Streets of Rage 4 has some great enemies, they are boxed into certain rules within their universe. That means they can't get too out there with their designs or challenges offered, at least not until near the end of the game. Shredder's Revenge has a much broader selection of enemy styles, presenting unique combat challenges with a lot of personality imbued into their behaviour. It also has the vastly superior boss encounters. Shredder's Revenge wins here. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to beat the shit out of this Vauxhall Corsa for some bonus points. My car. Round 4. Gameplay I'm in a warehouse filled with barrels. Like a barrel, it's not always immediately obvious what a game is hiding from you at first glance. Graphics, sound effects, music, character designs, these are all one big barrel. What really matters is what's inside. Like this single apple or gameplay in the case of video games. Streets of Rage 4 keeps it simple. Beautifully simple, but simple nonetheless. It's a pretty standard array of inputs. Punch, jump, special attack, a range of directional throws, and combos of those various options. There's also a super ability that's new to the series, and they all look really awesome and feel impactful. Some stages offer unique environmental challenges, like missing pieces of floor to avoid, or throw people down. And there is a sequence that removes the y-axis movement, so you're walking into a narrow corridor full of enemies, old boy style, and that's a pretty fun twist on things. And the story progresses in a standard linear path through the map. It's not trying to reinvent the wheel in this regard, its focus is entirely on the violence, which has an old school simplicity. The game plays very well, even if it's not offering anything new. There are alternate game modes on offer. Arcade mode challenges players to finish the game with limited lives. Battle mode lets you fight other players. Boss rush mode sees you taking on every boss in the game back to back. And survival mode is, as you probably guessed from the name, a spawn-based survival game that sees you fight through a never-ending sequence of randomly generated levels. Okay, maybe you didn't predict that. You gain points from combo streaks and completing stages. These points are used to unlock playable characters and skins from the classic games. That's a great little incentive to replay the game for long-time fans. Shredder's Revenge moves at a far slicker pace than its competitor. Your characters can run for one thing. Streets of Rage 4 feels almost glacial in pace by comparison, even though it's really not like that at all. Shredder's Revenge has a greater range of fighting moves that you can bust out, new combos, new attacks, far beyond the standards of the genre. But crucially, it never insists you use them. You can play this game in your standard tried and tested approach if you want. These new moves and combos are simply there if you want them. On top of this, there are 10 power levels that you progress along as you play with your heroes in a half shell, or heroes adjacent to half shells. These are accessible in story mode, when you gain enough points it will automatically unlock the next level. The perks unlocked include things like gaining extra hit points, gaining a second power gauge, extra lives, and even new moves. Shredder's Revenge freshens things up by using a world map that resembles something from a late period 2D Super Mario game. You can backtrack to previously completed levels if you wish. It's just a far more visually interesting way of letting the players decide what they want to do next, as well as keep track of their progress. The incentive to go back and forth comes in the form of side quests and gameplay challenges. Numerous stages have hidden items that side characters want you to collect for them. Characters like Burn Thompson, Irma, and even the Punk Frogs. Again, just a lot of deep cuts going on here. The challenges are level specific and will be things like don't get hit, or defeat X number of foot soldiers with a Y type move. Things that might encourage a perfectionist to retry a level if they don't nail it that first time. 
The game also offers an arcade mode, which sees your characters fully powered up, but only provides a limited number of lives, as well as no saves. This means you need to complete the game in one sitting, just like in a real arcade. Despite being an excellent game to play, Streets of Rage 4 plays things far too safely at times. Shredder's Revenge, on the other hand, feels like an exciting level up for the genre, so the Ninja Turtles win this one. Now excuse me while I follow this massive red arrow that's floating in the air, it's telling me to go over this way. Round 5. Nostalgia vs Reinvention I'm now in the back rooms of a nightclub, fighting my way through hordes of bulky looking bouncers, making my way to the big boss. As far as the show goes, we are currently at a tie, so this is the deciding round. Very exciting. This category is looking at how much each game stokes nostalgia for the classic originals, versus how much it tries to move the genre forward, and weighing up how successful it is at balancing both of those ideas. Streets of Rage 4 is reinventing the visual language of the series, where so many modern spins of the genre still cash in on that pixel art nostalgia, but the core gameplay remains true to the source, in terms of how it feels to play. Shredder's Revenge feels like the inverse of that. It comes packaged with all its beloved nostalgia tropes, but takes the way these games play and adds fun improvements to level progression, the combat system, and the overall sense of replayability of the game. This feels like a lost entry in the Ninja Turtles arcade series, a true return to the golden era, but implementing new ideas that might have eventually been added as gaming mechanics evolved over the 16-bit era. Street to Rage 4 is beautifully packaged and endlessly entertaining, but it's a retread of old ideas at the end of the day. Despite being presented in a style that feels trapped in the 1990s, everything else about Shredder's Revenge feels like it's moving the genre forward, so the balance between nostalgia and reinvention is far more compelling. This final round goes to Shredder's Revenge. The Final Verdict for those not keeping score, the victor of this episode of 1UP Pod's video game deathmatch is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. That was certainly more competitive than the last time we used this format. The truth is, this was a close one. Both games are excellent, essential entries in the beat-em-up canon, and worthy additions to any fan's collection. Despite losing, Streets of Rage 4 is a brilliant game. It only lost by one point, so please don't think this show is bashing that game. It's arguably one of the best games in the Streets of Rage series. Any old school beat-em up fan would be insane not to buy this game. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge is the complete package as far as beat-em ups go. There are very few games that feel as fleshed out and entertaining as this. If you have any love for the classic Ninja Turtles cartoons, any fond memories of the Konami arcade games, or just a general love of the beat-em up genre, there are a few games out there that I'd recommend more. Prepare for battle. So it's time for me to take on the final boss, and I'm very low on credits, so this might be it for me. But first, the outro. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to hear other games go head to head on Video Game Deathmatch, do let me know via social media. You can find the pod on Twitter and Instagram at OneUpPod. That's... That's what? You pee pee odd? You can find me on Twitter at truly... Defective? Remember to subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform of choice. Leave us a rating, review on Spotify Mobile and Apple Podcasts. Fucking hell, he hits hard. And take part in the poll that's posted in this episode for Spotify Mobile. Stick with us for more podcasting goodness in the near future. And in the meantime, don't forget to get a life and...
Over. <laughs> 